Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. I am your host for the hour, as I am for almost every hour. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. But I'm kind of thinking it is. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the utterly wicked one herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios. It is the merry, merry month of Morrison, Dorothy's birthday month. She is doing her mystery packages. There are a variety of variations to pick from. So get on over to wickedwitchstudios.com, check out her social media page, and get the link. So today we have a super-duper treat. I'm very, very excited. I am speaking today with Phoenix LaFay part of the the duo that wrote Life Ritualized, What a Great Book, A Witch's Guide to Honoring Life's Important Moments. Gwen was going to be with us, but we decided to give him the afternoon off so we can have a little girl talk. Hey, Phoenix. Hi there, Raina. <laughs> hey. I am so happy to talk to you. I, as I was telling you earlier, I love Gwen. He's a great guest kind of was hoping to get you on your own. Thank you so much for agreeing. And, um, yeah, Phoenix has written some amazing, amazing books even before this. Um, she wrote Walking in Beauty, which I may actually try to have you back on just so we could talk about that one and what is Remembered Lives, <laughs> really important stuff. But i got to tell you, Life Ritualized, you know, we were talking about the fact that this pandemic has really – knocked everybody for a loop, and a lot of folks were having trouble getting back into ritual and back into practice because it's been so damn distracting. You know, Mm -hmm. previous administration, all of this craziness, are we getting a vaccination, are we not? You know, and just (laughs) trying to get people back into something more normal. You know, I thought this book was really a, a beautiful thing to have if you're try- if you just can't focus enough to do your own rituals right now, and I know a lot of folks are like that. Are you finding that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, my world. This is true pre-pandemic, and I found it to be like heightened during pandemic. My life is like peaks and valleys. So there is times where I'm just on it, and I'm feeling the energy, and I just everything feels magical. And it's so easy to dip Mm -hmm. into the energy of it. And then there are moments where I'm just lost and I can't get my butt off the couch and I feel like a loser and, you know, like all of it. So I feel like that's my normal MO, but the pandemic just made it and continues. Like it's not like it's done yet, but it continues to shine a bright light on those places that are working and are not. (laughs) So I definitely feel that too. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have to ask, when you first had the concept for this book, when was that? And was it initially going to be written by you and your spouse? Or was this something that you kind of took to him or he took to you? How did, what was the evolution on this book? Yeah, you know, we both have written books separately. And I, I remember mm-hmm. the specific moment that we came up with this idea. We, were, we live in a college town, and we were driving in the car together past the college. Like, I, I just remember the moment clear as day. And we were talking about what if we wrote a book together? Just like, what, would, wow. what the heck would we write about? Because we're so different, and our practices are so different. Mm-hmm. We were like, what about rites of passage? And I don't remember which one of us said it. It's Guion would totally say he said it, but I don't remember if that was true or not. But I was like, ooh, yeah, that sounds great. But not just like rites of passage, like rites of passage, acknowledging how many rites of passage we go through that we don't even acknowledge as a rite of passage. And we just started spinning off of each other's ideas. And I pulled out my phone and started taking notes. And that was kind of it. We just ran with the idea. It was very um, spontaneous. That's awesome. How long ago did you guys have that conversation? Oh, my gosh. Two years ago, maybe? Like, that's the weird thing about writing a book is you wrote it a year before it comes out. Like, you turn in your first draft a year before it hits the shelves, right? So it's like your whole life can change in a year. You're a different person than you were when you wrote that book. So yeah, that's what's really weird. I I know that we did a a retreat together because our writing processes are so different. He's like, needs to be quiet and the dishes need to be clean. And, you know, he needs like a perfect moment and I need chaos. Like I need the TV on and I need other things going on. So we ended up taking a little retreat in October two, well, I guess yeah. it be three years ago now to sit together wow. and just focus on writing. So, yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> wow. So was it pre-pandemic? Yeah, it was. It was pre-pandemic. Wow. Yeah. This, see, know, that's right? amazing. I am finding that the most amazing things have come out during the pandemic that were written or conceived of before the pandemic. And it just seems like there's this beautiful wealth of books that have come out since the pandemic that have really addressed, like, I have never seen so many books about shadow work and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to, and having time to do shadow work because we were all locked in. (laughs) So, right. Like, Oh, this is this is all fortuitous, but this book is really fortuitous because now we're coming I feel like as a nation we're starting to come out of a few different mm-hmm. things that have had us blind or asleep or, you know, blocked in, yeah. in various yeah. ways. And I just think this book was just so perfect coming out now that, you know, it, it just helps reawaken things that maybe we're a little bit stuck. And it just it's such a great yeah. reminder to celebrate and and recognize all of these things. You know, as somebody who had um I've I have lost a child through miscarriage and I have also had an abortion, so I relate to mm-hmm. a great deal of what's in this book. Um and I wished I'd had You know, I I mean, I will be honest with you, last night when I was going through the miscarriage 
ritual. I actually said the mm-hmm. words and, you know, did the ritual, mm-hmm. even though it's been so long ago. And it's so, yeah. it was so healing, in a, even at a distance in time. You can still yeah. recognize all of the things you've been through with this book. And I just found that fascinating. So thank you mm. for doing all of that. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, for – I love hearing that. You know, it's as humans, we all go through these experiences like miscarriage, like abortion, like bleeding. And we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. How do we not talk about these things? It's, these are big moments that so many of us go through and we could hold each other through or at least lessen the fears, you know, of what we're going through. And we yeah. just don't talk about it. And so much of that is our overculture. Like, you know, whether you're a weirdo like me and don't really fit into the mainstream or not, we're all impacted by the mainstream culture and you know we're not allowed to talk about the weird and gross things and we should be are you kidding welcome to the show where i love talking about (laughs) bodily function listen it's part of my intro because i do talk about penises and i talk about you know penis size being important i talk about the fact that if somebody tells you it isn't they're lying i mean I'm like, <laughs> I like all that shit out there. I'm, I'm very well yeah. known to announce on the air. Raina's got her period. Deal with it. You know, I mean, stuff like mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, yeah, we need more you know, of that. coming from, I know. And it's like, I love finding people who are not freaked out by that. You know, because Mm -hmm. I already don't fit into anything. It's, you know, it's not because I'm special. It's just because I'm weird. It's not like, (laughs) I don't hold it as a badge of honor in the sense of, well, I'm too weird for you. No, I'm just weird, okay? I just say inappropriate shit, and I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So I would sit and have a whole entire conversation about my period if somebody would sit and talk to me. So yay! Oh, yeah. um, you and but, me, we could go on probably the rest of the show and talk about periods. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: as an older person who's not even supposed to have periods anymore, I still have them. Yeah. Um, my yeah. mother had periods into her sixties. It's like, it's a very strange thing because you know, ain't shit gonna grow in there. That's all done now. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> but the gods are That's like, awesome. no, we're still gonna you a little bit so you remember what it's like because apparently I don't have right. cramping in my day I'm just saying <laughs> but I mean I love it. seriously I love your story about having your first period I thought that was a brilliant mm-hmm. thing to put into the book I loved it it was inc- it reminded me of the very brief talk my mother gave me before I went to sleepaway mm-hmm. camp when I was 11 and she's like, yeah. this is going to happen, and it's going to happen while you're away. And I'm like, how the hell does she oh. know this? But psychic shit in my family, whatever. But yeah, sounds like she it. She was like, don't. yeah, a little. I mean, nobody ever talked about it until I was almost 30. Why? I don't know. But anyway, 
Yeah, it was something that got ignored and was just the norm, and we didn't think about it. We didn't really talk about it. It was just grandma knew shit that she shouldn't know. My mother often knew shit she shouldn't know, freaked her out. She became a Pentecostal preacher, long story. Anyway, so, you know, she told me. I know, right? My mother is one of those that turned away from the goddess and went Christian. I can't figure it out. Anyway, (laughs) just, you know. That's my weirdness. But, you know, I remember having this conversation, and I remember three months later it happening for the first time. And I I remember being very calm, but I was also mm-hmm. alone because I was at sleepaway camp, so I really didn't have anybody to talk to. And your experience is so different from what I experienced, and I was just thrilled yeah. that yours was positive. Can you talk about that a yeah. little bit? Yeah, my so it wasn't, you know, looking at the the first blood rituals I've held for young women, it it's not like it. I think I've lived the experience that I desired as a young person vicariously by holding rituals for other young people. Um, but it was yeah. a good experience, you know. I wasn't I wasn't shamed. I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't an embarrassing thing. I mean, it was a little bit embarrassing, but it wasn't like this thing I needed to hide or be uncomfortable about. It was just very matter of fact. And, you know, at first I didn't know what was going on. There was stuff uh-huh. in my underwear that didn't look normal. And I knew what a period right. was, but it didn't It didn't happen like what I thought it was supposed to happen like, you know. The, the reality right. was not like the stories. Yeah, but my, you know, my sure. mom gave me a washcloth, a white one, of course, a white washcloth, because that's all we had. And she ran to the store and uh-huh. got something for me. And, and then she brought home a card and, and some flowers. And then my grandmother brought me a card and some flowers. And there's a lot of women in my family. My mom's the oldest of six and um, five girls, wow. one boy. And that's wow. like all my cousins are girls. We are very feminine-filled uh, family. Uh, and they all, all yeah. started sending me cards, and, and I just, it was like welcoming me to the next phase of my life, and I just felt very seen, and um, I and I've told this story many times over my lifetime, and I am shocked and saddened and a little bit surprised, I guess, that a lot of women didn't have positive experiences, that they were shamed or embarrassed or Scared. Like that's so that breaks my heart. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I want yeah. to change that. So yeah, I'm very, very loud about menstruation and periods and, and talking like reality with people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I was lucky. I, I was lucky. That's a one. Okay, so that is just like so affirming and positive. And I, I, when you tell that story, I kind of, even though it's so much longer ago for me, I still get mm-hmm. that smile of it's not a horrible thing. There was nothing to be embarrassed. No, not that anyone told me to be embarrassed about it, but because of the yeah. age that my mother was, the age I am, um, and the time period, it was a very quiet thing. Women weren't supposed to mm-hmm. enjoy sex, for example, or at least not right. admit it. Um, you know, right. so right. having that conversation with my mother about having sex for the first time was very um, 
kind of shrouded in innuendo before she kind of like looked over and said, well, um, did you like it? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And you could see kind of like the horror of having to have this conversation with me (laughs) and sort of a mix of relief that I was actually into it. It was just such a weird. And there's this conversation Mm -hmm. we had on an airplane that was just the strangest set of circumstances. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. family, you know. But I'm so glad that there is somebody out there talking about it and destigmatizing it and making it okay. We can have these conversations in public. We can have these conversations together. Because I think there's still a lot of shrouded secrecy, mystery, embarrassment about just being female sometimes. And I... I hate oh, that. Yeah. You know? I do too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, absolutely. And but, well, you know, there's, you know, there's so much judgment that the our, you know the over culture yeah. puts on us just existing and us as and anybody. There's just all these expectations and feelings and yep. projections. It's, and with social media, just amps all that crap up and makes it harder. As, yeah, you know, it's just just being alive is enough. We don't have to carry right. all those burdens of expectation with us, too. Yeah. Yeah, I get tired of, like, everything female having to be shrouded in this kind of secrecy. Mm-hmm. It's like, really, we don't bite unless, of course, you ask <laughs> us to. And then we can negotiate a deal. But you know what I mean? It's like, I don't. Physiologically, yes, you know, there are things about women that are different from men, and that's fine. But every, I mean, people make such a big deal about it, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be treated like a China doll, and I was for a really long time. And I'm like, I'm a human being. Can we just, like, relate like people and you not being so afraid? Because it seems like during a lot of my life, Folks were afraid of me because, oh, I mean, I'm a nice person. I have a little bit of an attitude sometimes, a little grumpy, you know. I'm an older girl. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, all of the passages, you know, croning and, you know, all Mm -hmm. of the simple things in life. Because I love the fact that you address, like, really basic, everyday human shit, you know. Yeah. Like, Birthing rituals, everybody does that shit, you know. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Getting a job mm-hmm. ritual, yes. Celebrating getting your driver's license, awesome. You know, simple yeah. stuff. Retirement yeah. stuff. And it's not like you left anything out because you kind of went through, okay, what happens from birth on? <laughs> you know? Right. So you really, yeah. it's a great compendium for life because it does address so many different things. So I've got to ask you, you've got a mm-hmm. ton of stuff in here. It's really well put together. It has a beautiful flow. Yeah. But you must have left stuff out that you felt you didn't want to put in or you are maybe holding for another book. What did yeah. you put in? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of our talk was about these big moments of rites of passage. And so it took us a while to decide 
what those moments are that we wanted to talk about. And I think that there are dozens, maybe more than that, that didn't get in, that didn't make the cut that, you know, that we didn't have the space for or whatever. And I'm actually working, my current work in progress, the, like the brand newest Mm -hmm. new project is about ritual, like just generically, what, what is ritual? How do we do it? Why do we do it? And so it's sort of like, Uh the spinoff of, of life ritualized, you know, I feel like that, um, that's a, really a focus on rites of passage. Um, yeah. And the, the next question is, okay, there's rites of passages. You, there's all these amazing rituals in here. How the heck do you come up with all these rituals? So that's kind of what I feel like the next, that's what didn't make it into the book. And that's what the next book's going to be about. Yeah. Oh, neat. Okay, so we're on the cutting edge of the new book. All right, I love this. This is great. I feel like I got an exclusive <laughs> scoop here. That's awesome. You totally did because it's not because even I written can't... yet. This is just signed the contract. Yeah. It's not even like, yeah, it's new, new. Great <laughs> <laughs> House Witch is exclusive. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. Well, you heard it on the air here first. I don't know if you heard it anyplace else, but maybe you have. But that's okay. I'll take credit anyway. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, writing writing with someone else, and I don't know how many people would even attempt to do that, but writing a book with your spouse, that mm-hmm. had to not be easy. Especially, like yeah. you said, because you're so different. I mean, yeah. how long did it take for you for you to put the book together? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question. It's probably the whole process from starting your rough draft to doing your final edits, is, and then you know, it, it existing in the world is about a year. So it's a long process, but it's also pretty quick. So it, you know, it was. There were moments where it was so easy, and uh, we've worked together a lot, both like in the corporate world and teaching witchcraft classes together, and and so we work really well together. So there were moments we would bounce off each other, and we one of us would say something, and it would spark ideas for the other. And you know, when we were in those moments, it was great. And then there were moments where it was a little bit like slogging through quicksand where Mm. you know there uh we gotta like some of the boring parts of writing a book you know get fine tooth comb editing you know i know some people love that neither glenn nor Mm -hmm. myself love that so that was hard (laughs) it was you know like okay we just gotta get through it we just gotta get through it um but i think that ultimately we worked pretty well together so there were absolutely there were moments where I wanted to hit him in the head with a two by four because he was driving me bananas. <laughs> but that's just, that's just being in a relationship, I think. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Did you did you disagree on any of what went into the book? Ooh, that's a good question, and I got to think about that. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I mean, there was probably things that one of us wrote because we did sort of take things in sections and one of us would start a section and then we would fold in together. So there were like, for sure there were things I wrote that he didn't like the way I did it. And so he would go through and edit it. And I'm really particular the way I write ritual. 
So if he mm-hmm. wrote a ritual, and he did, but any rituals he wrote, I went through and edited the format because it, I wanted them all to be uh, consistent. And there, sure. and I do it in a format. I've got like three books in this format. So it's like, I know it now. I don't have to think about it, you know? Um, yeah. So for sure that we would just edit. <laughs> and I think the places where you can't tell which one of us wrote it are those places where we really wrote it together and edited each other's work and you can, you know, kind of feel the, the handholding of our writing. And I think it's neat that way. You know, having read the book, I have to mm-hmm. say I love the difference in perspectives of different types of things. You know, I love the anecdotal yeah. aspect of the book because, and not yeah. only, and you even included not just the two of you, you included somebody else that I'm very familiar with, Misha Magdalene, who I'm a yeah. huge fan of as well, you know, and I Me love too. that you, that you, yeah, you brought in, you, it wasn't just the two of you, you brought somebody else in, and I thought that was really super mm-hmm. cool, and it was kind of unexpected, so I'm like, ah, cool, look at that. Um, yeah. Another person I know, <laughs> yay! I mean, but that was, yeah. I mean, I love the, because the, when I first got the book, I did not, I didn't put any assumptions on it other than it was going to be, you know, things you could do to recognize different things that happen in your life, you know, certain, mm-hmm. certain important, you know, important things or things that you want to recognize. And the fact that you guys put anecdotes in the book, I was like, Oh, this is so relatable. Oh, mm-hmm. this, this is so nice that there's things in there. Yeah. There's, there's like little stories from you guys that are just so, sweet and comforting and oh I had a, I have a memory of something similar to this or I remember mm-hmm. going through that I mean it was just it, it just makes it so much more enjoyable to have all of that in there so I, I yeah. really want to encourage folks to get this book because like I said during the pandemic I've had a really hard time wanting to celebrate certain things because it's been so scary but mm-hmm. and it just it just helps it just opens a door and says here you know like it doesn't have to be overly complicated it's okay to right. start celebrating again and and enjoying life and recognizing those those moments that are important you know um i was yeah. telling uh phoenix before we went on the air that you know having been somebody who's been through a miscarriage and an abortion i read you know, there's there's stuff in this book that that definitely brought me comfort even now. So mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't even have to be some a rite of passage that you've gone through recently. It can be something you've experienced in the past and maybe you didn't have full closure on, or it's yeah. something that that comes by to bother you once in a while because you know. When you lose a child, there's a certain set of feelings. And when you have an Mm -hmm. abortion, there's another set of feelings. They're unrelated, and there's Mm -hmm. been so much shame and stigma about both, Um, just to name a couple of things, you know. And and this book has been really wonderful in in helping me re-recognize that I went through these things and has definitely given me comfort. The rituals in here have definitely given me comfort to maybe get 
a little more healed because no matter when it is, mm. there's still there's still pain that you experience. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that's you lovely know? to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, grief doesn't work on a timeline, and it's so personal. And you know, mm-hmm. we cause sometimes there's this expectation. Like I'm not in the corporate world anymore, but when I was, most corporations mm-hmm. give you three days off paid for bereavement when like a parent dies or a spouse dies it's like you get three days off of work and then you get back to it you know like it's ridiculous yeah and we just don't yeah we are especially americans people in the united states especially we don't have a good relationship with grief we're very removed from the whole process of death and dying uh, it's it's all mm-hmm. very clinical and clean, and it's not really. Death is messy and sad and hard, and grief, whether it's grief over death or grief over losing a job or grief over expectations and things not going the way that you wanted them or desired them to, grief works the way it works, and it works for you the way it works for you. It's not going to match anyone else's plan or experience. And I, you know, I, I hope that we got that message across in the book that you got to yes. experience your grief the way you experience it. Don't feel shame. Don't feel like other people can tell you how it's going to be. It's going to be how it's going to be. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And that's what's so hard about it. Right. And even like you were saying, yeah. years and years later, you can still have this moment pop up after a, a miscarriage decades later the anniversary of the yeah. day that you lost that baby, it can still hit you, right? So, of course, sure. these moments are going to, you know, live in our bodies. And how do we honor that? How do we work through it? How do we work with it? Um, and I think it's important. Mm-hmm. As witches and as pagans, we are a little bit mm-hmm. more attuned and aware to that. And I think that there's a way we can work with it, ritualize it. Sometimes we can even sneakily share that with our friends and families who might not be witchy or pagan and help them heal too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's what it's all about, helping each other. Absolutely. And I, and I love that you said that because it's so true because you don't even, you know, you, you have a memory of things that you've been through in life. And, you know, a lot of the time, especially when it comes to something like death, Americans are so fearful. And I think that's why death is so swept under the rug and not talked about mm-hmm. You know, people are so, I think there's like this subconscious thing that if you talk about death too much, people fear that it's going to happen to them or their family. Oh, yeah. Like it's a disease Absolutely. that's contagious. It's, it's such a weird reaction, you know, to someone else's grief or, or, or death, really. And I think the stigma of, of that is something that I've really had to, and I work really hard to overthrow it all the time. Anyone who's heard me speak with Jade Sol Luna knows that, you know, he, he talks about death a lot. And um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things he's said are, are very helpful. If, if, if that's something you're experiencing where death is just this, overly stigmatized, problematic thing. I also shared with Phoenix mm-hmm. earlier that this afternoon my brother-in-law is being taken off life support, so I'm about to need one of these rituals in here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not happened yeah. 
as of this particular moment, but we are expecting to get word any time now. And, you know, it's it's something that, it, it's weird because I'm noticing that the family is talking around it, but they are mm-hmm. not directly saying the word death. They're not directly yeah. saying the word dying. They're not saying, no. you know, yeah. vegetative no. state. They're, super you know, he had a heart attack it's so weird. I mean, they just, I yeah. mean, it's like this thing, This if you if you say it, it becomes real. It's real whether we say the words or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's okay. We're all, yeah. we're all heading out, okay? We don't, nobody gets out of here alive. That's a real thing, you know? <laughs> and it's, yes. it's hard. No, and, and I, you know, it's scary because we don't necessarily have a clear idea of, what the next thing is. All I can tell you that I do know is that there's a next thing. This is yeah. not the end of it all, you know, and I I, yeah. I hope that that eases somebody's fears out there because I carried around the fear of not knowing, and I have this thing about not knowing. I'm very impatient. I'd rather have bad news than no news because I have no patience. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of like that, you know. It, it's it's just going to be what it's going to be, and you know, it, it's something that I know the fa- rest of the family is going to be very uncomfortable about. And I'm sure that there is a ritual in here, even though my relative is not pagan, that I can at least modify for the excuse yeah. me occasion. And that's part of the beauty of this book because when you're kind of on the spot and. Yeah. You know, because this was very sudden. I mean, two weeks ago, he was 100% fine, no problem. Um, wow. Heart attack last. Yeah, heart attack last week. And then, you know, like on a ventilator as of the other day and last night, we were told that he is being taken off today. I mean, it was really quick, wow. very sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and when... And when things happen that suddenly, you're often not together enough to be prepared (laughs) with Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. So, again, another reason why I am so grateful for this book to happen when Mm -hmm. it's happened is it takes some of the pressure off of me to have to come up with words because you've put beautiful words in here. Thank you. And, that you know, that's one of the things that we talk about at the beginning of the book is this concept of the catalyst sometimes with a rite of passage we have an opportunity to prepare or explore if you know if we want to get married or if we're going to go to graduate school or whatever we have all this time that we can take to plan and decide and think and ponder and dream and sometimes there's a catalyst that happens to us someone dies unexpectedly we get into a car accident uh we are Mm -hmm. fired you know, and, and we have no control, and so there is no time to plan. You're in it, and you mm-hmm. have to figure out how to navigate it because you're already in the right of passage. It's already begun, and you had no choice. And that is hard. Yeah. Know, when we can plan, when we can dream, when we can make contingency plans, you know, we have more control. But life doesn't always let us go without controlling every moment, you know, so – that's the moments where you really need to know yourself and know your triggers and know what makes you feel better so that you can navigate these moments where life hits you with a catalyst and then suddenly everything's changed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I, yeah, it just, you know, the book kind of, and, and it's, this is actually a positive. It doesn't sound positive, but it is a positive. The book reminded me of how unprepared I am for a lot of shit. <laughs> and I mean, I love that. That's actually, <laughs> no, but it's, I, I, you understand what I mean though? It's not, I, I it's, totally it's, get it. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is after the book, I actually finally got a will written, right? Like I have, yeah. um, like I have a, I have a living um, document now in case something happens to me and I have to go on medical life support. Like I didn't have, I'm 43. I didn't have any of that shit together. I didn't, I was like, I don't have any money. No one cares about when I die, what happens. And then I realized, oh, actually like, this could happen at any freaking moment. And my 19 year old's not going to know how to navigate all of this. I better give her some tools. Mm -hmm. And I wrote my will, (laughs) you know? So yeah, like there are things we can do to prepare for, uh, for our loved ones, for ourselves. You know, like I said, like one Mm -hmm. of the things I really bang on about in all of my writing and the way I teach and everything is about knowing thyself and understanding ourselves and what, Mm -hmm. what, can you blow your top over? What triggers the shit out of you? Mm-hmm. What helps calm you down? Mm-hmm. How do you ground? How do you center? As witches, as pagans, we need to know these things about ourselves because it makes us better mm-hmm. humans. And then we can navigate some of this shit more easily. Um, you know, so that's, that's like the thing I really beat into the heads of my students and anyone who's ever taken a yeah. class from me. You've got to know how you work, how you function, and have a good grasp of it. It's going to help you in those moments where you are unprepared because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Life, that is life. Yeah. It, it's so true, and I'm, like, embarrassed to say I'm 59 and I still don't have a will. Okay, I'm working on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I yeah, it brought a lot easy. of that home. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I, we we were having this discussion last night because, you know, I I said, you know, we're not – my brother-in-law is 70 years old. My husband is in his 60s. I'm 59. I'm like, you know, yeah. this shit's not going to last forever. Maybe we need to fucking think mm-hmm. about this a little bit and not throw our right. kids into a tizzy. I mean, I have a 31-year-old yeah. and a soon-to-be 29-year-old, and it's like – they don't fucking know what I want. They nobody has exactly. a clue. And yeah. and the last thing I need is for those two knuckleheads to have to fight over what the right decision is when I should yeah. be making that decision for them. So we're having yeah. lots of discussions about the fact that we are not prepared and I don't have a fucking dime. Are you kidding me? But I've got right. stuff. Right. I've got jewelry, I've got books, I've got magical tools, mm-hmm. I've got you know, the radio show. I mean, I've got every these other things that need to be considered, you know. Like when I yep. drop dead, who's going to start? Who's going to be the next one with this microphone to talk to y'all? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have to make yeah. all those provisions because, listen, I've been doing this show for 10 years. That's yeah. a long time. <laughs> that I don't is want a that long to just time. disappear with me. Yeah, you know, right. I love it. Yeah. It's fun. It's great. But. Still, it needs to be thought of. So, yeah, this has definitely opened a lot of conversation in my household about, well, what are we prepared for our rites of passage? 
Not really. Mm-hmm. So this is something that, mm-hmm. that's really coming up in my house that needs to be discussed. So I'm very appreciative and kind of pissed off at myself because, yeah, this reminded <laughs> me of how unprepared I am for every fucking thing. I've been very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always, I mean, the best time to prepare is now, you know, so we, we can do what we can. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a smart thing to do, and I know part of my resistance to it and his resistance to it is the fact, is the same thing that we were talking about earlier, that, oh, if we talk about it, is it suddenly going to happen? And right. it's not. I mean, but people yeah. just... You know, we have so many superstitions, whether you're you're pagan mm-hmm. or not, you know, there's just so much, you know, fear that we've got to yeah. try to get over, you know, because fear was instilled in us at an early age, especially those of us who are older, who have families mm-hmm. from the old country, as it were, you know, uh, yep. Romanian and, and you know, Mediterranean. I mean, everybody's got this laundry list of old old wives' tales. It's kind mm-hmm. of hilarious. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard to know what to plan. I mean, your best defense against anything is to plan plan for the worst, hope for the best. And I guess it's an old Absolutely. adage, but it sound it sound advice, you know. So it's it's definitely something to think about. You don't want people, you know, and this book brings up so many things about rites of passage, you know, having birthing rituals, you know, death Mm -hmm. rituals, leadership, you know, talking about covens, you know, the death of relationships, you know, fertility. Mm -hmm. I mean, you cover all of these aspects in life, so it's it's so well thought out, and it hits on like every time in life as an overview and a way yeah. to celebrate all of these things that we really take for granted. I was mm-hmm. I, I never thought about certain things like the whole retirement party thing. I mean, it didn't even occur to me that that was something that. Yeah could be looked at as a rite of passage because when you hear yeah. retirement there's there's two things you think of gee i hope they have enough money to be okay and oh your career's <laughs> yeah. ending it doesn't have to yeah. be like that it can be a real celebration right. and yeah. that's not something i really thought about see this book gives you so much to think about maybe a little bit differently than you do right now in a more positive yeah. And and not stigmatized manner, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you've yeah, got really cool you, shit in here. Things, thank you, thank you. You know, when good things happen, like retirement, you know, I think especially the way retirement is portrayed in movies and television, it's like, you know, the mm-hmm. the guy, the CEO, retiring, and he has a party, and people are toasting to his good works and things like that. You know, like that's kind of the cliche of it. It's it's a whole yeah. change of life. Like you went to this thing every day and spent the majority of your waking hours with these people. You were regularly mm-hmm. getting money from this place, and now it's just over. You know, so of course it's exciting. You know, you don't have to go to work anymore, and you know, like exactly like you said, hopefully your financial situation yeah. is set up so that you're okay. 
But it's also, there's a loss there too, right? So how do you honor the celebration and have the joy and have the fun and make space to acknowledge this is different? You know, I feel like I've known, I've known people that handle retirement two different ways. One, they just sink in and find their groove and they start traveling and are getting hobbies. And then there are people who kind of just fall apart and they don't start doing things and they kind of sink into a depression. I think that sure we still need things. We still need to do stuff. We still need to be active. It's not like retirement means we disappear into obscurity, you know? So what's the next thing? What have you always wanted to do that you didn't allow yourself because you had this job, this career, this, this force that you've been feeding for decades, you know? So there's always more than one way to look at a rite of passage we're in and acknowledge what we're going through. You know, sometimes being fired, I was um, laid off from a corporate job in 2009 and it changed the trajectory of my life. It was terrifying and hard. I, you know, I lived paycheck to paycheck. So getting laid off, you know, I had six weeks severance and that, and then I was like, okay, I've got six weeks and then I'm broke. And then I, I became a freelance writer. I started working for a metaphysical shop and, you know, 12 years or whatever it is now, 13 years later, I run my own business. I'm writing books. I'm like a full-time witch. Like I never would have imagined that this could be my life if I hadn't been forced out of a corporate work environment. So, you, you know, when you're in it, you just wow. don't know. And so there's sometimes taking a ritual to acknowledge, like, shit just hit the fan how can I open this up and make it be the most incredible opportunity? You know, like there's, we're, we work with magic. We got to work with it. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, because the shock of loss that you go through, you no longer have what you knew to be your steady income. That's got to be intimidating Mm -hmm. to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And, and if you, can shift your your focus to having it be an incredible opportunity and i know that's hard for folks because that's scary oh yeah but if you can try to look at it through different eyes it could actually wind up being you know i'll give you an example of this during covid um my older son was working in the restaurant industry well of course that Mm -hmm. all shut down and yeah. because his his restaurant job shut down, he got another job that wound up paying him three times what he was making. He now works wow. four days of three days. Yeah, he works three days a week making three times the money. I'm like, shut up. That's great. <laughs> so everything is everything that may look initially like it's a problem may not be. Mm-hmm. You know. There's times every day where I get frustrated because something didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And I've mm-hmm. had to learn to let go of that that anger over stuff because as it turns out, when stuff doesn't go the way I want it to go, usually it's kind of for the best. It has been yeah. a very, very rare instance where I insist on something and it doesn't go that way and I was right. It's very rare. <laughs> Sometimes the universe yeah. is telling you, shut the fuck up, I'm going to fix it. Right. Relax. Right. 
Don't make it yeah. harder than it has to be. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, it's a hard lesson, but I'll tell you what, I've been a lot happier as a human being with when I don't try to force the hand of the universe because the universe is like, we're doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. You can either go kicking mm-hmm. and screaming or you can just, you know, ride with it, you know, and right. I'm usually better off when right. I ride with it. It's just true yeah you know you know and i'm totally not one of those like love and light type witches i'm i'm a little bit of a skeptic i'm a i'm a lot pessimistic you know so i get it i'm not saying like oh just believe and white light it and blah blah like that's not me like yes sometimes shit is hard sometimes life fucking sucks i absolutely get it yeah and we still have to crawl our way out of those places we still have to find a way through those those places and, you know, yeah. that's what spirituality is, is all about, whether you're a Buddhist or a Christian or a pagan, like spirituality can help you by giving you faith and framework and uh, belief in something bigger and better than yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a crush mm-hmm. sometimes. And I like that's how I found witchcraft. I had no religion growing really? up. And I, yeah, ah. nothing. We weren't raised religious. And then I went through something really hard at 15. And I thought, yeah. well, shit, if we were raised religious, maybe that would make this better because I would have something else to lean on. Started exploring mm-hmm. all the religions I could get at my fingertips. And I found a book on witchcraft. This is in you know, night, early 1990s. I, I think it was a Raymond Buckland book. I'm not 100% sure because it was so long ago, but all of a sudden I had like all the things that I believed in my heart. Someone had written a book about like there were words and names and, and mm-hmm. like belief out there beyond just what I believed in my heart. And it did, it did right. give me something to cr- a crutch to hold when my life was too hard to hold myself, you know? So even when yeah. it, you're in the darkest point, there is always something that can help. There is always something you can hold or lean on whether that's or a god or friends or you know something that's you know that's mm-hmm. that's the basis of all spirituality that you know it's it saves many a life i think i agree i agree i think that's absolutely true sometimes you have to look beyond yourself to help things make sense and to get past mm-hmm. certain really tough points but we are, oh, my gosh, we're only 10 minutes out from the end of the show. I cannot believe it went so fast. Um, <laughs> wow, that was incredible. Um, so please, tell me what your favorite, favorite ritual is in the Ooh, book, from the book. Oh, that's so hard. That's so I hard. Know. Um, <laughs> I think because it is so it, because it holds such a soft spot in my heart, the getting your yeah. driver's license ritual is my favorite because it is literally the ritual I did with my daughter after she t- passed her driving test. So it's just a very sweet memory that I've made and shared with other people, you know. I loved it. I mean, that's one of the ones I talked about first. Yeah, I, I for mm-hmm. some reason, I don't know why. But that one really hit me as something very special and very sweet as well. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. so glad you yeah. said that. That is that is <laughs> one of my favorites. The other the other one that really struck obviously that struck a nerve for me was um the miscarriage you know, the the passage of losing mm-hmm. a child. And 
I just want to encourage folks to get this amazing book because, like I said, there's old wounds that you can still get healing from through this book. It's it's really been wonderful for me to have it, and I'm so thrilled that you wrote it, and I'm so grateful that you came on to talk to me. But tell people about what's going on with Milk and Honey. Tell folks where they can find you and your other books and any other classes yeah. you might be giving. So uh, let's, sure. let's, let's get all of that out there. Yeah, so I have a few books. I have What is Remembered Lived, uh, Walking in Beauty, and obviously Life Ritualized, all through Llewellyn. Um, I have a book coming out. I can't remember if it's the end of this year or early next year, but in the next, you know, nine-ish months, I have a book coming out called Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Women, How to Use Magic and Ritual to Spark Your Inner Rebel. I'm really excited about that one. Um, I have a little metaphysical shop called Milk and Honey. It's in Sevastopol, California. So if you're in the wine country, please come by and say hello. We do have an online shop as well. Um, Milk-and-honey.com is our website. Uh, We do classes. We have tarot readers and lots of cool stones and crystals and and witchy objects that we sell. It's limited online, uh, but there is stuff online. Mm Um, Phoenix Lafay on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. If you want to hear me bitch about the world, I'm on Twitter doing that. <laughs> I love it. Um, I teach a lot. Like I, I do teach a lot. Um, if you go to my website, Phoenix Lafay or Milk and Honey, you can see the classes. Because of the pandemic, I've moved all my classes onto Zoom, which has been so freaking cool because people from, like I had some Australian people and some Brits come to a couple of my classes. So people from all over are signing up for classes. That's been so freaking awesome. Um, So, you know, check that out. Guyana and I are actually teaching a class called Elements of Magic, which is a focus on the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft. We're teaching that starting in June. So that's open to anyone who wants to sign up. Just, you know, check my website out and shoot me an email. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's always a lot going on. I'm, I, I'm, I love teaching. It's my favorite thing to do. Uh, so I have monthly workshops that I offer on different things. That's awesome because a lot of people, you know, it's hard to find people who are really good teachers who enjoy teaching. So mm-hmm. I, I have, on behalf of everyone, I have to thank you because it's definitely a calling. I've said that about all kinds of teachers. Our teachers are no exception. Our teachers should be revered. They are the ones that pass down the knowledge to future generations. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being a teacher. I really appreciate no, that uh, and, and honor that work. Um, please tell Gwen that um, we love and appreciate him, and we were very happy to get this time alone with you, though, so I'm, I'm really grateful to you. <laughs> Phoenix LaFay, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on, and I hope I can convince you to come back on for your next book. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, let's book it. Let's, let's, we are going to book it as soon as we get off the air. I'm going to message <laughs> you with a date for next, next year. Um, hopefully I will guess close enough to when the book is being released. But, yes, again, thank you so much. The book, again, is Life Ritualized, A Witch's Guide to Honoring Life's Important Moments. 
this is a great book. I can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap there. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. And I will see you next Friday. Have a great week.